0: Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, But First Pivot. I'm Danny, registered dietitian, certified sports dietitian, and CEO of Pivot Nutrition Coaching. I'm here to share my all foods fit approach and real life client success stories to inspire you to pivot away from all the fad diet nonsense and confusion. My goal is to simplify nutrition so you can enjoy foods you love like donuts and pizza and still achieve your health, performance, and body composition goals. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Now, for you listeners that listen to all of the But First Pivot podcast episodes, you know that this episode is a little delayed, and I apologize for that. For those who listen every few weeks, Last week, I completely lost my voice, and that has not happened in a very long time. You can probably tell it's a little raspy right now. I got some Miley Cyrus vibes going on um, with my voice. We attempted to record twice last week. Well, it was on my schedule twice last week, and I had zero voice. If you follow me on Instagram, you you heard it. It was not good. Um, my husband had influenza A the week before, and nothing really happened to me except losing my voice, which is not ideal for when you run an online business where you are on Zoom and phone calls all week. So last week, I kind of just worked behind the scenes since I had no voice and took a few calls on Friday, and it did not sound good then either. So I'm happy we can finally record. I have Kaylee Ricks on the podcast. What's up, Kaylee?
1: Hey, not too much. How are you?
0: So good, except Kaylee is a lucky girl. She lives out in Arizona, so... Much better weather, but it has been warm here in the Midwest, thank goodness for that 30-plus weather. Have you ever lived somewhere cold like North Dakota, Kaylee?
1: Oh, yeah. I grew up in the Midwest, Chicago area, so the first 20-plus years of my life, and then couldn't do it anymore, so I came on out to Phoenix, and I've never looked back.
0: I love Phoenix. I've been there once. We have a lot of, because it's so cold here, many people, especially once they're retired, they have part-time houses in Arizona. So you might have to share with us your favorite Phoenix, Arizona restaurant. Is there one that is a a must, mm-hmm. must visit, must eat?
1: Oh my gosh, there's so many. That's like, what's so great about Phoenix and Scottsdale area is we're big like foodie towns. Like there's just, you could try a new restaurant every single day and not even scratch the surface. Um, some of my favorites, oh my gosh, there's it's called Lucy's at the orchard. It's a very, very pretty vibe. So it serves brunch food. Co- it, it could just be a coffee shop as well, but they have delicious food and the vibes are just like immaculate. You can go out sit by a fireplace. Um, there's a splash pad for the kids when it's warm enough that they have going on, just very like community vibes and delicious food and really, really good coffee, which I am a big coffee girl.
0: Oh, we know. And we're going to, yeah. we're going to come back to that <laughs> coffee situation, but just to give you guys some background. So Kaylee did my social media for the past year. And the funny part about someone doing your social media for you or, you know, coordinating it or planning it is that when I was in the hospital giving birth in October, I still had some posts going out and people knew I was in the hospital and they're messaging me like, aren't you having a baby? And I'm like, yeah, someone else is doing that for me. Um, But I wanted to have Kaylee on the podcast after one year of working together, because mm-hmm. Kaylee, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kaylee has zero nutrition education I- in school. Like you never took a nutrition class in high school or in college, correct?
1: Never. Yep. Absolutely zero.
0: So n- zero nutrition education formally, but she did my content for the last year based on things I've said newsletters Mm -hmm. that I've written, things like that. So today, I'm basically going to interview Kaylee as kind of a little change up. And I'm going to have her share the things that she's learned working for a dietitian with herself having no nutrition education. So after one year of working for me, she's going to share seven things that she's learned or taken away or implemented into her own life and how it's benefited her. So I'm super excited because she just gave me a very quick bullet point list of those things. But I'm excited for you to dive in. Um, So why don't we start with number one? What's the number one thing that you you took away from your time working um, with myself?
1: Totally. Well, first, I just want to say it has been so much fun running and helping out with the social media. Like it has been such a learning lesson for me, as you just said. And I think a lot of times when you, you know, onboard new clients and work with new clients. It's it's a learning curve, but probably not quite to this extent. So I have just had so much fun. Um, and it's really everything that I have learned and that we're going to share today has really just I've implemented it into my life. And it's made me a healthier entrepreneur. It's allowed me better sleep. So I just like I'm excited to continue following everything um, that you put out. And it's just been an incredible experience. So the first thing that I have for us today is, as I mentioned, I'm a big coffee girl. And unfortunately, I resort to only consuming coffee, call it intermittent fasting, whatever you want to call. But I was not very healthy in the fact that I was only consuming coffee until like 2 p.m. most days. So Danny got on me real quick, probably within the first few months of working together. um, And that number one thing that I learned, the overarching lesson throughout this past year is that coffee is, in fact, not a meal. Um, And we have had many conversations about making sure that I'm eating enough. I am now a proud owner of a tub of protein powder that was new that I implemented into my diet just to ensure that I really was getting enough protein and consuming that protein right off the bat. Like first thing in the morning, giving myself that energy that I needed so that I wasn't, you know, making another 12 cups of coffee at like, 11am. So that has been huge for me um and I think some of the posts specifically that helped me the most in doing some of the research was finding those high protein breakfasts and figuring out what that actually looks like. Um and honestly that kind of goes into my second one too Danny but I don't know if you have anything that you wanted to add but just the overall importance of protein. That is something that I would not say that I am a vegetarian, but I do have weird aversions to like chicken and eggs at certain times in my cycle and everything. And so consuming protein has never been super easy for me to do. And so learning like what 20 grams of protein actually looks like and like adding proteins to meals, like. The concept of I know a lot of your followers and your clients like to hashtag add a veggie. For me, it was hashtag add a protein. Like if I'm just eating a salad kit, put a chicken breast on that. And that to me was just like, mind blowing. I don't know why I never thought to do that. So just including protein and in, in my snacks and in my meals, and it understanding what protein actually looks like, like stocking up on cheese sticks and nuts and chickpeas and learning that there's other forms of protein outside of just eggs and chicken um, has been super, super helpful.
0: Yeah, so much, so much to say there. Let's start with the coffee. I want to come back to the coffee (laughs) and then let's move on to the protein. Because I every time we talk about the coffee is not a meal situation. I still remember we made content around this coffee post almost a year ago. I feel like it was right at the beginning of us working together because I was basically just blabbing out ideas. And one of them was coffee is not a meal. And you're like, ouch, that hurts.
1: Attacked. Yes. Yeah.
0: You said, I feel attacked. And I had explained it a little bit further. And, you know, of course, I don't know what your lab results look look like or what your cortisol looks like. But from, you know, uh, a deeper standpoint, having coffee as breakfast or long before a meal negatively impacts cortisol. So if you're listening and you're struggling with cortisol, coffee is not a meal, my friend. You want to have that coffee with breakfast or after breakfast. Um, that's one of the tips that have been really, really helpful for a mm-hmm. lot of our clients, especially those that are 50 plus, because I feel like oftentimes they're struggling with quite a bit of cortisol issues, but I'm happy that with your, you pivoted away from coffee as a meal to coffee as not a meal. And yes. it sounds like it's been beneficial for you.
1: It has been, and I have never gotten lab tests, but I know that my cortisol like raises for sure, because I always get a little anxious, a little stressed out. So I knew that it wasn't benefiting me probably drinking coffee on an empty stomach. So just through, you know, everything that I've learned through you and actually implementing it, I'm just always making sure I'm having, you know, yogurt with some berries and nuts and coffee. And you know what I've realized by doing that too, is like supplementing the food with the coffee is that in turn, i drink less coffee, which is probably the point. But coffee is not only like a sole meal now, but it's just kind of like it complements my meal. And I drink so much less of it now too. And I have twice as the amount of energy, I would say.
0: Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because oftentimes people think or say coffee gives me energy. Mm -hmm. Coffee does enhance focus, right? But Technically, coffee does not give you energy like carbohydrates, fats and protein provide actual energy. Um, So there are definitely some benefits to coffee and caffeine from a mental focus standpoint, from a performance enhancement standpoint. But at the end of the day, coffee does not replace food, nor should it. And if you're mm-hmm. struggling with energy, I haven't had a client who has told me, hey, by having less caffeine or less coffee and more nutritious foods, I feel worse. That's never happened. Typically, people start to nourish themselves. They start to increase their protein intake. They start to have more balanced meals and snacks. And they have less coffee because they don't feel like they need it. They don't feel Mm -hmm. like they're relying it. And that's such a fun win because for years and years, they felt like they needed their coffee. They can't function without it. And now they're just like, you know what? I don't even want it. And they might just have one coffee a day for the sole purpose of enjoyment. That's kind of how my coffee relationship is. I don't actually need coffee or rely on it, but I love my 10 a.m. coffee with a splash of cream paired with my perfect bar. I look forward mm-hmm. to it every day. Did not have that during pregnancy. That was my weird aversion, perfect bars and coffee, which was so sad, but so glad it's back in my life. But let's let's move on to um, number two, which you mentioned was the importance of eating enough. Do you feel like before we started working together, you were Unintentionally under eating, like maybe you just didn't realize that you weren't eating
1: enough 1000%. And it's so funny because my boyfriend is actually in like the fitness space and the health industry, and he would always tell me, You're not eating enough, you're not eating enough. And then finally, you know, it'd be like, Well, Danny said that, and it's like, Are you kidding me? I've been telling you this for months, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely not eating enough, like not hitting. I, I never tracked my calories by any means, but. Just knowing how much I eat now um, versus what I was eating a year ago, I was like definitely undernourishing my body.
0: I love that you said that about your boyfriend because it's so true. You cannot help your family members or your partners. It's it's very rare that you can give those loved ones nutrition advice mm-hmm. or health advice. It's kind of like me with my husband or with my parents, You know, if they're like, oh, I have high blood pressure, and I'm like, do this, this, and this, and they just don't do it because it's coming from me. But if their doctor were to tell them the same thing, they'd be like, my doctor said I need more fiber, so I'm having more fiber. I'm like, I've been saying you need more fiber for 10 years.
1: Totally. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's a hard hard relationship talking about uh, those things. But it is funny. It happens a lot with, you know, athletes where parents are telling their teenage athletes, like, this is what you need to do. And they're like, no, you don't know anything. And then I say the same thing. They're like, Danny said this. And their parents are like, oh my gosh, thank, thank you. But also I've been saying that for the last totally. six months. Um, yes. Yeah. And would you say, so it sounds like you've been eating more. Would you say that your how you fit in your clothes is the same?
1: The exact same, if not actually better. I think because I've been eating more fibers, more healthy fats, like just all around, I feel healthier. I feel way more energized. And I'm just, I wish I could like shake a year ago from me, uh, shake myself like a year ago, because I just know that I was doing myself a huge disservice by, like I said, not even eating a meal until like 2 p.m. Um, And now it's just with meal prep and actually like buying groceries and knowing how long those groceries are going to last me. I just, I do a really, a much better job of balancing my plate so that I feel full and I'm actually like nourishing my body with good stuff. I really just don't like, of course I'm going to eat chips from time to time, but I, when I'm full and like, it just, I think the energy has been the biggest component for me. Like protein has, I don't know if you'd have to give me the scientific studies of that, if protein gives energy, but that feeling of fullness allows me to run much longer and to sustain like working longer days and all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. I think what you're trying to say from what's going on deep down in terms of like is protein give me more giving me more energy Mm -hmm. each macronutrient gives energy calories Mm. are a unit of energy but you feeling more energized due to increasing your protein is probably more of a blood sugar balance situation Mm. so when we're not eating adequate protein And or we're eating what I call naked carbs, right? Maybe before you were just having like noodles as a meal or just oatmeal for breakfast. That's a very classic thing where people tell me, oh, I have a healthy breakfast. I have oatmeal. And I'm like, that's great. That's a good, you know, wholesome carbohydrate with fiber. But there's no protein there. And protein helps with blood sugar balance. And if we have better blood sugar balance, we tend to have more stable energy levels. Yeah, So it's all full circle. And I love it. And the thing is, I love that you mentioned, I never track my calories, of course, mm-hmm. as coaches, a lot of our clients track macros. But you didn't track your calories, you didn't track your protein and grams, you didn't weigh it out, right? You just made these simple, more concept based changes where You started eating breakfast. You started including protein at meals and snacks. You started balancing your plate and suddenly you feel better. So this is just a reminder to those listening that you don't have to track your calories Mm -hmm. in order to feel better, it is a tool. It's not for everybody. It works for a lot of our clients, but it doesn't need to be that way. So if the numbers are overwhelming or maybe tracking causes an unhealthy relationship with food, Mm -hmm. you don't have to go that route. Um, So I'm happy that you mentioned that. Yeah. Let's talk about your your fourth point that you mentioned, which was consistency and sustainability. Tell me Mm -hmm. a little bit about that in your life?
1: Yeah. Well, I think even just outside of, you know, food and whatnot, just the the habit building. I'm like a big, I love Atomic Habits by James Clear and Tiny Habits. I forget the author of that book, but I love learning more about habit building and consistency. And I think that pivot nutrition coaching is all about that, right? It's like hitting the, like creating habits and having consistency in your diet so that you are hitting these goals and it's sustainable. It's not just a, a a fad, you know, especially growing up in like the time of South Beach diet and everything like that. Like we have so much evidence of just all these diet fads. And so I think pivot is different in the sense that you guys really focus on consistency and keeping things, you know, easy enough where they're sustainable for you. So for me, you know, a lot of the things that I learned was just to kind of hit that low hanging fruit, achieve it, make it a habit, and then move on to the next goal, as opposed to trying to, you know, January 1st, change your whole life and like have all these habits. So just the overall messaging of like consistency and and habit building, and instead of like focusing on the outcome, you know, um, for example, like losing 20 pounds, just focusing on those small daily habits that are slowly but surely going to get you to that outcome goal, whether that's taking a daily walk or, you know, incorporating whatever foods like work better for you and your diet, just making the whole journey more sustainable and enjoyable, I think is, is something that you guys preach all the time.
0: For sure. It's, it's all about habits at the end of the day. It's about a lifestyle change. And if you are not willing to, Change your habits to healthier, sustainable ones. It's it's just not going to be a long term result, you know. If if your your goals or what you're implementing has an expiry date, like oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna walk ten thousand steps until this wedding that I'm going to. Right. What what's gonna happen after that, right? So everything. Our of course, our number one goal is that everyone is healthier but also sustainability. The last thing I want is for someone to improve their health markers, like their cholesterol and lose 20 pounds, feel confident. And a year down the road, they're back at square one. And that's why we focus so much on the habits, especially at the beginning, we build that foundation. Because if you have healthy habits, that's much more beneficial than any quick weight loss you'll ever achieve. Because totally. it, it's all about habits. And if you're struggling with habits, one thing that you can do is habit stacking, right? For example, mm-hmm. one thing that everybody does, I hope, before bed is brushing your teeth, right? That's mm-hmm. a habit. You do it out of habit. It's it's not even something that you think about, it just happens. And When you struggle to implement new habits, it's thinking about a habit you already have and just pairing it with another one. So, for example, you know, maybe you always forget to take your vitamins. Mm -hmm. Well, you always brush your teeth in the morning before you leave for work. So what if you paired the teeth brushing with taking your vitamins? And then that becomes a habit. I had to do that with my vitamins When I was pregnant, my prenatals, because I just could not be consistent at the beginning. And sometimes with pregnancy, it's just you have an aversion to your prenatals. That's a different situation. But I was just forgetting to take them. But Mm -hmm. every morning, I actually had to swap out my perfect bar and coffee. And instead, I did a smoothie. Um, And so I was doing that every day. So I just decided, oh, I'm having this smoothie every day around the same time. What if I paired my prenatals and my fish oils with this smoothie? And then I took it every day during pregnancy, give or take a few days. Um, life happens. But habit stacking, that's where it's at. Yes,
1: Totally. I'm like the biggest believer in habit stacking, I think, in, in the book, Atomic Habits. James Clear literally uses an example similar where every time he brushes his teeth, he just does one squat, you know, just like one squat just to like get that the that muscle memory. And then it's easier to stack more habits on top of that or to go further in your goal. So I'm all about that. And I did just want to say too earlier. I love that you said that it's a lifestyle because I really truly think that's what it all is all about. Um, you know, I just to go off your example, I've had family members reach out to me, like, let me know when you're close to getting engaged because I want to lose X Y and Z weight before the wedding and everything and I will just like send them your Instagram account I was like let's talk about setting good habits. let's not focus on losing weight for an event because we we know that science backs that after that wedding it's more than likely they're going to gain that weight back because you were losing it for an event or a circumstance as opposed to just changing your lifestyle habits.
0: Exactly. I Yeah, we see that a lot. And when we work with quite a bit of brides, I think we had eight eight brides, eight pivot brides last year. And we always tell them like, yes, we are going to help you feel more confident in your wedding dress, but this doesn't end on your mm-hmm. wedding day. We need to have a sustainable game plan. We need an exit strategy. And that's right. where a lot of diets fail. It's that lack of exit strategy where many diets, it's like, You know, quick weight loss, but what then what? Once you lose Mm -hmm. the weight, what is the maintenance plan? What's the exit strategy? How do you leave this diet and go back to real life? So I think that's something really important. Whenever you are, if, if you're listening and you're considering a diet or a program, ask yourself or find out what's the exit strategy. And if there is none, it's probably going to lead you back to square one. So best not to even start. Um, totally. One of the, the things that you learned is really interesting to me. So you said storing your food. Tell me a yeah. little bit about how you've changed how you store your food. Like what is the one food that has had a longer shelf life for you?
1: Well, yeah, it just helps with um it helps with grocery shopping, right? Because I tend to just do all my grocery shopping on Sundays after church. And so it would be like, okay, why are my berries like automatically bad or why is there mold on this or whatever it might be? I am, I mean, probably naive in the sense that like you and in, in a reel that we put together for you, it was like just paying attention even to like. Your refrigerator labelings, like what goes in what drawers, and the moisture and everything like that, and what doesn't need to be like in the in the fridge and whatnot. So I know that we did a write up on like where to store like spaghetti squash and sweet potatoes and what they shouldn't be near, and so all of that. I don't know why that post specifically. Maybe when this podcast comes out, we can reshare the real tier stories. That I was one just thinking it, that blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, it blew my mind, and it helped me save money in the long run because. I was buying things thinking that they would last me, you know, two weeks or whatever. And all my food was just consistently going bad. So really just paying attention, using the refrigerator drawers that were meant for that. And then also like what to keep in the fridge, what not to keep in the fridge. Um, Like I would always put my grapefruits in the fridge and certain fruits that don't necessarily need to be in the fridge. So
0: I think the one fruit slash food that people struggle with the most is avocados avocados Mm -hmm. is it the content is healthy fats but technically it's a fruit because of the seed but i feel like most people don't buy avocados because it's such a struggle and one of my favorite instagram humor posts like the the food humor is hey do you want to hang out friday night no i have an avocado that's gonna be Hurt Like, my avocado is about to go bad. I need to go home and eat it. Um, <laughs> Literally. Because avocados, it's such a like, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. I'm brown. No, you lose. Yeah. yeah, um, <laughs> yeah exactly. But the thing with avocados, just because we're on the topic, is when you buy them from the store and they are not ripe, so typically they're going to be greener, they're going to be hard, they're not mushy, you want to put unripe avocados on the counter. They mm-hmm. live on the counter until they are ripe. Once they are ripe, not mushy, you got to save them before that you transfer them to the fridge once they're ripe and then they can hang out in there for a few days. And yeah. yes, I have to put out there. Yes, you can eat a half avocado. Some people feel as though I can only have a quarter. You can have the full half. You can. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be OK. And if it's a small avocado like the Target ones are super miniature compared to the Sam's Club ones. You can have the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's some kind of post somewhere that says you can only have a quarter avocado or one serving equals one quarter. Remember, just because something is a serving, that doesn't mean you, you can only eat that serving. So yes, a serving of avocado is about a quarter, but you can have two servings of an avocado. You can have half of one. There is nothing more depressing Than having a quarter of an avocado.
1: Right. And that honestly, Danny, I'm like, man, you just brought up two other good points that I learned through you that I'm like, what? one, don't be scared. Don't be scared of bananas. And two, um, the serving sizes thing. That was like a game changer for me, too, because you see serving sizes on absolutely everything. And so I think that when you educated Um, I know your Facebook community, especially on like how to actually read serving sizes and what that means as well. I don't know if you want you have time to get into that, but that was like huge for me, too. And so I'm like, there's just so much as you're talking. I'm like, that's another one. That's another one. So many just like good tidbits that um, I've been able to learn through you.
0: Yeah, with the serving size, just very quickly, basically, when you look at a nutrition facts label, the serving size is not a recommendation of how much you should eat. Remember, there's millions of people, kids, teenagers, adults, elderly, looking at the same nutrition label. So the the serving size is not a recommendation of what you should eat. It's what a an average or typical serving for that food is. But Mm -hmm. you can have less than the serving size and you can have more of that serving size. It's just telling you this is one serving and here are the calories, protein, carbs, and fat that go with that serving. But I think it's good information to look at because sometimes we overeat things and don't realize that we're eating three servings and that you have to multiply the nutrition facts. For example, cereal, breakfast cereal. Mm -hmm. I love giving this example. No one in the history of mankind, besides maybe a toddler, eats one serving of cereal. One serving of breakfast cereal is typically three quarters of a cup or one cup. Now, what I challenge you to do if you eat cereal is you're going to actually measure it out, put it in your cereal bowl, and ask yourself, do I eat more than one serving? And chances are, yes. When you eat cereal, most people are having two to four servings worth because one serving is not filling enough because most cereals are low fiber and low protein, both things that make you feel full. But now I'm going on a cereal tangent Let's move on (laughs) to your other point. So another thing you mentioned was recipes. Is Mm. there a fan favorite that you've made?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, you've got me on like a spaghetti squash kick again. So anytime you, you share the spaghetti squash, I always make that. That's just such a simple, easy dinner. It's really quick for me. I'll always just throw some like shredded cheese in it too while it's um, baking and make some like turkey meatballs or Trader Joe's pre-made ma- meatballs. It's such an easy dish for me. So you just reminded me of my love for spaghetti squash by sharing how to actually prep one. Um, The Cajun shrimp pasta, I think it was. That's a favorite. You just posted a DIY um, perfect bar. I have not made that yet, but I'm so looking forward to that. But no, I think that every time, we post a recipe, I find myself on my own account, like going and saving it and bookmarking it just because it's just an easy like Rolodex of ideas to just go in and have somebody kind of like do it for you. So there's a lazy uh, teriyaki stir fry. I mean, there's so many I couldn't even pick just like one favorite. It's just made like meal planning and meal prepping for me super easy to see just all the ingredients and just to replicate it.
0: The DIY Perfect Bar had to happen because I was traveling whenever I would travel. If I didn't know if there was a Perfect Bar where I was going, I would travel with them. A year Mm. ago today, I was in Mexico and I brought my Perfect Bars to Mexico in my check bag on ice packs because you can put ice packs in a check bag. And because I needed to have my Perfect Bars in Mexico, it was a part of my day. And of course, I'm not going to, you know, whip them up in Mexico. But when I go home to Sudbury, Ontario, now they have Perfect Bars, which is helpful. Mm -hmm. But at first, they didn't have them. I feel like when the U.S. gets a product, it takes Canada a couple of years to get that product. And so it was just something that made sense at the time to... Create a recipe so I can make it when I go home for a week so I can have my perfect bars and not have to throw them in my check bag with ice packs like a crazy yeah. person.
1: <laughs> Literally. You probably got the tags all the time, like this suitcase has been checked. What is going on?
0: <laughs> right. Why does this girl have like I can just picture if the people like going to Mexico check my bag and they're like, What's happening right now? Why are there like 14 or 10 peanut butter bars with ice packs.
1: Yeah, totally. Hey, you Girl, wanted it on your wedding day? Yes. I'm like, you wanted it on your wedding day. And that was a great way to kick kickstart it. So I'm here for that.
0: Yeah. Shane was like, make sure you have your perfect bar. We don't, we don't need a bridezilla on the wedding day. He he was there for it. He, <laughs> he understood that it was a part of the day. Um, totally. but the last point is one of my favorites and that's, imperfect action beat standing mm-hmm. still. You mentioned that as one of the the takeaways or the, the mottos that you really loved. Yep.
1: Yeah, no, I really do think it's a life motto, not only just for nutrition, but just in life in general. Um, I know we're both business owners and we love talking about business, but it really is. You see it time and time again with um, other business owners or just friends or family or whoever. It's just getting, feeling so stuck and not taking any action because of fear of failure, fear of success, whatever that might be. And so just kind of having that in your back pocket, that imperfect action is always going to be standing still. I'm kind of in the same sentiment. I'm a big believer in like, uh, I would rather, you know, do something than just be stuck with having like a what if, you know, like, what if I did this, I'd rather just do it and figure out what that if is, than then never, never know what that what that was. So I think that is just so important to remember that even if it's not perfect, and I know there, I know a lot of perfectionists, myself included, even if it's not perfect, at least taking a step, taking action, doing something for yourself is always going to, to be just not doing anything at all.
0: Definitely. And you mentioned it, fear of failure is one of the number one reasons why people don't take action. Mm-hmm. Another one that I often see in the nutrition world is confusion. There's so much misinformation. There's so many different diets and programs. And when people are confused or overwhelmed, they're almost frozen. They're like, oh, it's confusing. It's overwhelming. I'm just going to stay where I'm at because I'm not sure what to do. Yeah, And that's where we have to take a step back and ask ourselves, okay, what is one healthy thing I can implement, right? When we're in mm-hmm. this cloud of overwhelm with this and that and that and okay, what's one healthy thing that I can implement? Well, only 10% of Americans are eating their daily fruits and veggies mm-hmm. five servings a day. That's usually a good place to start. so if you're thinking about improving your health, that's that's an easy step forward. Hey, am I eating five servings of fruits and veggies per day? No, let's start there. Yep. And making that a part of your plan, your grocery list, is going to help you not waste those fruits and vegetables, which mm-hmm. with we talked about, right? If poor planning leads to poor choices, and usually when you waste produce, it's because there wasn't a plan for the produce. Right. So this past weekend, the raspberries were on super mega sale at Sam's Club. I had a friend text me a picture of the raspberries. for 12 ounces, which is about three cups worth. And I was like, oh my gosh, run, don't walk to Sam's Club. But I was like, how many should I buy? I had to stop and like, you know, check in with myself because I wanted Mm -hmm. to buy like six things worth. And I was like, okay. Am I the only one that's going to eat this? Yes, because baby can't have raspberries. And Shane is on shift most of the week. He's not a big raspberry person. I was like, okay, so I'm not going to buy six. How am I going to use these raspberries? I'm just going to put them in my yogurt. Okay, let's buy three. Give one to my mother-in-law. Now I'm not going to waste raspberries. So if you waste a lot of produce, the solution is to make a plan for your produce.
1: Totally, and that's been a game changer. I literally like on my fridge have my meal plan for the week with um you know, I live like near a Safeway and they always have buy four for ninety nine for meats. and so I will get all my meats and be like, okay, how am I gonna use this hamburger? how am I gonna use use this chicken? How am I so that nothing goes to waste and then I also plan like my side dishes and everything so that every grocery that is in my cart has a use. otherwise I totally will just you know, it'll all go bad. but yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah. I feel like I used to buy so much additional produce from Sam's Club just because it's healthy or Mm -hmm. it's there. So I buy like all these multicolored bell peppers and broccoli and Brussels sprouts, and then it would just sit in the drawer. And I'm like, oh, bummer. Like I hate wasting food. And now I'd rather go to the grocery store that's a little bit closer to my house, pay the extra dollar for something that's not in bulk, But I'm 100% going to use it because there's a game plan and I'm not just going on a free-for-all, you know,
1: Totally. I did want to touch really quickly on something that you said with being, um, you know, fear of failure or just total confusion. And I think it's important to note, like with the world of social media and Instagram and TikTok, there's just so many voices coming at us all the time with different education that might be conflicting. And so I just wanted to touch on your point. With I understand why clients would come to you confused or why people are not taking imperfect action and they are just staying still because. Because there is so much, there's so much uh, thoughts and like everybody has a thought on something. And so I just think it's important to find sources that you trust and that you know are educating you on the right things. Um, And so I think, you know, for for me, you are the dietitian that I follow and trust because I've had several conversations with you. I know that you know your stuff. Having had the privilege of running social media posts, if I ever sent over a caption and you were asking me, you know, where did you get this information? Make sure that you're checking the sites and that it's backed by science and it's well researched. It's just really important to note that you are one of those dietitians that is not just posting to post and putting things out there for your clients to consume or for your your audience members to consume that you really are doing the research and you're making sure that it is backed by what you learned and it's evidence based and so that being said just because you delegated your social media task doesn't mean that you were not just fact checking absolutely everything and making sure that it really was, you know, based in what you are an expert in. So I just think it's important. I think it's really hard these days with TikTok and everybody's an expert in something to find that voice that you can really trust. Um, And so yeah, that's definitely you for me. And um, I just think it's important to find like a, a handful of experts that you just really listen to. And that's where you kind of Do your background research on it, but make sure that you have one person that is sound in what they're truly doing and sharing.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you, friend. I have learned a lot from TikTok, especially or uh, Reels as a new mom. There are some solid tips out there. We're not saying that TikTok and Reels are not full of education, but when it comes to things like medical advice, supplements, nutrition, training... Those are things where you probably want to seek out an expert and we can't help Oops. everybody. Every dietitian has their philosophy, the way that they do things. You know, we do a lot of macros and macros are not for everybody. And that's exactly your point. Find someone that's in line with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep.
0: Love that. Anything else? Any final, final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with?
1: Well, I think um, it's just been an absolute joy working with you this past year, and um, I appreciate you taking a chance on me because I will say, and I'm not proud to admit this, but one of my first emails to Danny, I misspelled dietitian. I spelled it with a C, <laughs> and so the fact that she even hired me and we are here today. <laughs>
0: is... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had sent a screenshot to my assistant that you spelled dietitian with a C, which is more, honestly, it's spelled mostly with a C in Canada, but dietitians mm. in the US, it's kind of cringy when there's a C. It's like, ooh, no. Yeah. Both are technically correct. I will put that out there, but it's it's kind of gross with the C. And when you spelt it that way, I sent a screenshot to my assistant. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can hire her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad it all worked out. And I've never made that mistake since. I'm I'm sure, but... That reminds me
0: of National Dietitian Day, either last year or the year before, where I said, it's National Nutrition Month or it's National RD Day, ask me anything. And this young college student that was probably in a nutrition or dietetics program, she asked, what advice do you have for an, an aspiring dietitian? And she spelled with a C. And I, spe- I, I literally replied, spell it with a T and you'll be good.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely a big one. So.
0: <laughs> well, thanks so much, Kaylee, for sharing all of your newfound knowledge that yes. you've gained in the last year. I hope I'm, I'm positive that it's going to help someone.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Danny. I so appreciate you and all this wisdom that I have. And I'm going to bother all my friends and family with it. And it's going to be great.
0: Perfect. We want that ripple effect. Everyone's pivoting.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the channel and share with one friend who would benefit from this message. Need help with your nutrition? Find me on Instagram at Danny VRD or visit our website pivotnutritioncoaching.com. Thanks for listening.